Hi, good morning, everybody. So today uh, we're back with another episode of She Speak HR. So you've got me today, Amy L, um, and I'm joined by Jessica Pearson, an associate in the employment team. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for um, joining us today. So what we're going to talk about is um, a recent tribunal case which involves menopause. And I think it's menopause entwined with poor performance allegations. And this is one of the most recent cases to discuss menopause. And we felt this was quite timely. Uh, We've got World Menopause Day on the 18th of October this year. Um, So we thought it'd be good to explore this case and the findings that come out of it. So, Jessica, do you want to give us um, an overview of the facts of this case? Yes, of course. So, in this case, the claimant worked for her employer since around 2016, and she'd always had a good performance record. After about four years, though, she did start to experience some symptoms of the menopause and was diagnosed with a hormone imbalance, depression and low mood, as well as anxiety, which impacted her memory and her concentration. By all accounts, though, she was very transparent with her employer and told them about this. The claimant's performance at work did start to suffer as a result of the menopausal symptoms and she was given an alternative role with reduced targets but that did also mean she lost out financially as she no longer received a bonus element. The claimant did continue to suffer from her symptoms and her performance was still affected in the new role to the point she didn't actually receive a pay rise and a formal performance management process was started in April of 21. She became unfit for work in July 2021 and despite an entitlement to company sick pay, it was actually stopped in September 21. It was felt she wasn't actually doing enough to improve her situation, even though she had attended counselling sessions and a menopause advice sessions as well. It got to the point where she suffered so much she resigned in May 2022 and she brought claims for constructive unfair dismissal, sex discrimination, age discrimination, and also failure to make reasonable adjustments in the workplace. Um, so, Amy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what the decision was in regard to those claims? Yeah, of course. And thank you for giving us an overview of the um, the background and the facts. So, as you say, um, various claims were brought by um, the claimant. And I think, as you've outlined, the claimant... Um, it basically was around her performance standards and performance. So she told the tribunal she'd been required to meet normal performance standards in her role, um, but that she struggled to meet these because of menopause symptoms, including low mood, anxiety, mood swings, effects on her memory and poor concentration. Um, All the claims that she brought, but uh, from the arising from claim and the failure to make reasonable adjustment claims failed, So she was successful with the disability discrimination arising from and failure to make reasonable adjustments. And the tribunal actually criticised the employer for transferring her to a new role um, rather than supporting her in her substantive role and actually found that the employer could have made additional reasonable adjustments to help her in that role. And the tribunal found she had actually been transferred into a different role under, I think they said, false pretenses rather than supporting her in her existing role. Um, And as a result of this, she was awarded quite a lot of money, actually. So she was awarded £23,000 for injuries, feelings, £2,500 for aggravated damages and more than £30,000 for loss of past and future earnings plus interest. So quite a big uh, compensation package, really, um, for this individual. Um, Jessica, I suppose coming out of this case, are there any kind of key takeaways, do you think, that employers could learn from? 
Yes, absolutely. There's actually a lot of advice out there from healthcare providers about what employers can do day to day in the workplace just to make some adjustments for those that are suffering menopausal symptoms. And some of these adjustments are actually relatively easily easy to implement and not too costly. Um, for example, flexible working. Um, it may be that employees would benefit from a later start or an earlier finish. Uh, hybrid working, they might want to work from home some days or if they're in the office, be able to work in a cooler part of the office. More regular breaks they might benefit from. And even for those that require a uniform, employers might want to consider if there's a different uniform or at certain modifications that might help reduce the symptoms that people are experiencing from menopause. Um, it can be a very sensitive topic, but if, if an employee is willing, it might also be worth having a conversation with them just to understand if there's anything specific that they might need. Perfect. Thank you. And I think this case as well um, also does highlight the value of going to occupational health um, early on in situations where you might have an employee in the workplace who is experiencing menopausal symptoms. Um, because I think going to OH is really helpful. They'll help you identify those reasonable adjustments, which the tribunal put a lot of emphasis on in this case. Um, I think it's important to remember that I suppose menopause in the workplace, it's very much a developing area still, I would say, in terms of employment, how it, in, I suppose, interplays with employment law. And I think it's really important to remember that the effect of menopause will differ person to person. So just because you make certain adjustments for one employee, it doesn't necessarily mean that those adjustments will work for another employee. Um I think as time goes on, we'll probably see more uh, cases on this. I doubt this is very much the last tribunal case on the topic. So definitely an area to watch and one we'll be um, following as we have done so far. So thank you very much, Jessica, for joining me today. Um, and thanks all for listening. As usual, if you've got any comments or queries um, arising out of this or any of our other podcasts, then drop us a line at shespeakhr at shesmith.com. Um, and we'll come back to you but otherwise we'll um we'll see you next time thanks for listening bye